0: Good morning. Thank you, Dr. Crider, for leading us, and uh, it's an honor to be with you today. It's uh, such an incredible honor to get to stand in this place and and, uh, open God's Word at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, and uh, I think that uh, your broader Southern Baptist family is praying for you and cheering for you, and so grateful for what the Lord is doing here. And I am honored to be with you today. I'm also honored to be here uh, with uh, David and Lanise, and they are precious to Sandra and me. We have walked through a lot of days. We had some incredible experiences together while we served at Union University. There were seasons and days when it was hard to imagine that things could have gone much better. God was gracious and blessing, and we were experiencing so many incredible things. And there were seasons that were so difficult and challenging that that uh, we just cried out to the Lord to uh, extend his grace to us, especially thinking of a season with the tornado that destroyed our campus. And it was one of the great gifts of my life to be able to walk alongside, watch, and learn uh, from David Dockery as he led us through those glorious days, the challenging days. And I will tell you that uh, today it is a blessing uh for you and it's a blessing for me to sit over in east tennessee and watch him lead and serve here with you so and god bless you i'm thankful for you and your influence in my life and um, today i'm going to speak uh on a pass from a passage of scripture that is uh one that the Lord has used so often through my my life. It's I don't know if you have uh, verses of scripture or passages that repeatedly as you sort of walk through your life that the Lord uh, uses them in fresh and powerful ways to encourage you, to challenge you, to lead you and and um one of those passages for me comes out of Matthew chapter 4 it's a very familiar passage of scripture and honestly uh just about um 10 days ago i was driving and was pr- praying about um what i would preach on today and and i got really some fresh insights into this and I pulled over and typed them into my phone and so today once again the Lord is using this passage to encourage my heart and it really is this invitation from Jesus in Matthew four eighteen through 20 to some fishermen to come and follow him and I I really want us to think for a few things, few moments this morning about uh, this invitation. It it, uh, it it is, I think, as I have in the the days since I pulled over and put these notes down, I have thought through and I see elements of this invitation that Jesus extended to these fishermen as being a part of invitations that throughout his ministry that were elements of that. And it was just encouraging to me and I hope to you. Jesus offered a lot of invitations in the scriptures. He offered invitations for people to come unto him and he would give them rest. He said, if anybody thirsts, come to me. He says, come and dine. In John 1, he said, come and see He says to come and take up your cross. You see, all throughout Jesus' ministry, you see him offering invitations. Through his uh, earthly ministry, you saw him offer invitations for people to come and be healed, to come and be restored, to come and experience peace or forgiveness. Jesus was was throughout his ministry actually in in many ways when you look at his ministry you see his ministry as being this this uh continual procession of invitations for people to come to him and experience a great need that they had in their lives. And so this morning I want to look at just one of those and I believe that we see some elements that will Uh, Help us uh, think about his invitations. I want to read Matthew 18, Matthew 4 18 through 20. Follow, uh, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for recording these words of Jesus, for letting us have a window into this experience this situation in his life and the lives of these fishermen. And while this is a very familiar passage to us, Father, I pray this morning, would you give us fresh eyes and fresh ears? Would you speak to us? Thank you, Father, that your spirit will take these words and and encourage and instruct us and lead us. And we thank you and bless you in Christ's name. Amen. I want us to see four attributes, four elements that are involved in this invitation. First of all, I just want you to notice that it was personal. That it was personal. I love that there's two aspects of really of how Jesus extended this personal invitation. It was personal because Jesus met them where they were, and Jesus called them knowing who they were. It's very significant to me that we see that Jesus uh, was on the seashore when he encountered these fishermen. He met them where they were, in the flow of their lives, in the routine of their their days, Jesus began working with them there. That's where their journey with Jesus started. And actually, when you think about ministry and leadership in general, I think that we see that being um, one of the the core attributes of how Jesus works with us. When I was lost as a young man in, in Corinth, Mississippi, I was lost, and even in my lostness and sin, Jesus began convicting me through his spirit of my sin, and he began calling me or giving me this desire to come to Jesus and experience salvation. And so even my life in Christ began right where I was in my lostness, and I think it's not only a picture of of how the gospel works, but I think it's a picture of what gospel-centered leadership looks like in general, that we begin right where we are, and the journey and the experience that we have with those we lead, or the journey and experience that we have with Jesus is, it starts right where we are, but Jesus not only began where they were, he noticed that it was very clear that this wasn't some general call to, um, to all o- on the side of the Sea of Galilee to come follow him. He was very specific. He called these men by names, specific names, specific vocations, which they are identified as being Fisherman. He clearly understood that these men were brothers. He knew exactly who they were. And when Jesus was addressing them, it was a personal invitation. He was addressing them where they were, and he knew who they were, and he was asking them to come and follow me. But not only is an invitation personal, his invitation was Christ-centered, this is significant to me, and I believe to all of us, Jesus said, follow me. Notice that it's a, it's a call to experience him, but it's also in following, it's, an experience, it's a call to experience his world. A few, two couple of weeks ago, Sandra and I were back home. In in Corinth, Mississippi, where I was born and raised, and all of my family uh, still lives. Sandra was raised in Tennessee near Shiloh Battlefield. She got close to getting to be raised in Mississippi, but didn't quite make it. She was just across the line. But when we drive through Corinth, Mississippi, we can we can be in the same car. At the same time, driving down the same street and have two completely different experiences. We can drive down a street in Corinth, and Sandra's comments are going to be, "I I like those flower boxes on that house, or those shutters look good with that uh, color paint. I like the landscaping uh, in in this house. I like how these uh, how these folks have." have, uh, you know, fixed the physical attributes of their home and what it looks like from the street. For me, it's a very different experience. I go down the street and that same street, and it's like that's where my third grade teacher lived. That's where my friends and I would go and have parties and during high school we would go hang out at their house. That's, That's someone who was in my Sunday school class growing up or that was my Sunday school teacher or, or that was someone who did business with, my, uh, with our family and our family business. And so I, we drive down the same street at the same time in the same car and we have two completely different experiences. She looks at the houses and the places and I see the people who occupy those houses And those places. See, when Jesus was inviting these these fishermen to come follow him, he was inviting them to not only come and experience him, but to experience his world. Because if they walked down across along the shores of the Sea of Galilee, they would in that day have had two very different experiences. Those fishermen would have seen one thing and Jesus would have seen something completely different. But what Jesus' call and invitation for them was to come and walk with him so that he can help them experience his world, to see the world as he sees it, to see the people behind the world that that need to be uh, touched and ministered to and need to be experienced the very life and love of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus in this experience uh, was inviting them to come follow him. It is for us to recognize that this passage is should resonate with us in several ways. Uh, I thought as I was driving that day that Even as I serve at Carson Newman and we uh, talk with young men and women who are there preparing for some uh, area of ministry that they feel called into, It, it is so important for us to be reminded that a call to ministry is a call to Jesus first. A call to serve is a call to Jesus first. A call to salvation is, is a call to Jesus first. Our faith is not a recipe book. It, it is a relationship faith. We are, we are seeing Jesus model for us the kind of invitations that we should be extending to those around us. That it's it's an invitation that should become, that should begin with come to Jesus. It needs to be something where we understand that first and foremost that we're called into a relationship with a person, the person of Jesus Christ. And so if we need forgiveness, we come to Jesus. If we need healing, we come to Jesus. If we need direction, we come to Jesus. If we need purpose, we come to Jesus. If we need peace, we come to Jesus. That our call is first and foremost A Christ centered call that is called to the person of Jesus, who through him we experience the fullness, the grace, and the truth of God. And so, this invitation that Jesus gave was first of all very personal. It began with where these fishermen were and it began with who they were, but it was also a Christ centered invitation. He invited them to experience him and to experience his world because it makes a difference when you walk with Jesus to see the world and the surrounding and others as he does. Thirdly, is it was life-changing. Notice that Jesus' invitation to them was to follow me and I will make you. Now, that's a very significant um, uh, invitation. Emphasis there on the word make. There's a difference between making and teaching. If I was inviting someone, I might have said, "Come, come follow me and I'll teach you how to fish for men. But that wasn't the invitation. It was that there's a difference between making and teaching. Teaching is for competency. Making is for life change. You can see this uh, in in so lived out in their lives, and I want to draw one example of this, but, but the difference between teaching and making is that when you go to class at some point during this semester, your professor is going to give you an exam to make sure that you have mastered some body of information, some content that they want you to, uh, to know. And that test is designed to determine that you are competent in that area. And once you've mastered that area of information, then you move on to other areas of it- Of information you see you you teach for competency but when your when your goal is life change you you are continually needing the teacher when you when you master an area of content when you're being taught then you no longer need your teacher because you now know that information. But when the goal is life change, you never reach a point where you no longer need the teacher. You need Jesus. This life change is a continual, ongoing process for us. You see that these, these fishermen who later became disciples and apostles, that they got this message. One of the one of the evidences of that, if you look in Acts chapter 6, another very familiar passage of Scripture, but it's a time in Acts 6 in the first seven verses there when the church at Jerusalem was in conflict. And, and, um, and so the, the uh, apostles, uh, in order to address the conflict, said we need to appoint a committee. We think of that often as the first, as the first uh, deacon body, but we we see that I've sat in a lot of committee uh, uh, nominating committee meetings in my life. When I pastored in Germantown, it was a, a big uh, big part of of every year uh, trying to get our lay leadership to fill all the positions. And I've sat in a lot of meetings where we've been. Uh, looking for people to deal with uh, ministry issues in the church. And my guess is that if I had been sitting in a nominating committee meeting looking for someone to help address a situation with getting widows fed, as it was the case in Acts 6, that we might have heard conversations like, well, we need to get someone who knows how to cook, we need to get someone who knows how to buy the groceries at, a, at the best price. We need to get someone to coordinate the distribution and service that is involved in getting these widows fed. We probably need to get someone who can communicate so that we can let all of these widows who are not being fed currently know that the church is now going to start feeding them and when to show up and how to get their food. And we would have probably sat around a table in a conference room and thought, here are all the areas of competency that we need to get these widows fed. But you see the apostles in Acts 6 who where fishermen in Matthew 4 said, we need to bring together seven men who are of good reputation, they're wise, and they're full of the Holy Spirit. Nothing about cooking, nothing about cleaning tables, nothing about serving food. There is this sense that you have that the Holy Spirit equips the called that there is going to be that these seven men would come together and and as they discussed and prayed and worked that God would work through them in such a way that they would call together others to serve so that this these widows got fed. We know it was such a, an incredible experience because the church was growing In spite of the conflict, and in Acts 1, 6, 7, we see that it's even accelerating in its growth. There was something different. And we have to understand that I believe that the roots of that decision by the apostles go all the way back to learning that that Jesus called them into a a discipling relationship where he was going to make them into something, not teach them how to do something. Who they were. Was more important than what they did, and and so this invitation from Jesus was personal because it was they began where they were and with who they were. It was Christ centered. Uh, He was inviting them to experience Him and to experience His world as they followed Him. It was it was life changing. He, he called them to make them into something. It, it is important for us that we learn to trust the Spirit of God to, that, to, to uh, make us into the likeness of Jesus. It is, sometimes it's very easy for us to try and reduce the Christian life to some kind of a robotic recipe. And if you go through the right motions, then you're going to experience uh, this spirit-filled life of abundance that we see uh, called for in the and is promised to us in the scriptures. But it can, if we're not careful, if we subtract uh, out of of the equation the the relationship perspective and the call for life change. It, uh, we will find ourselves simply going through the motions that, that uh, at times will feel very empty and meaningless uh, rather than being life-giving. Finally, I want to, it's personal, it's Christ-centered, it's life-changing, and finally, it's reproducible. He was gonna make them into fishers of men. This work of Jesus was a, life-changing work in these fishermen. But it was for the purpose of seeing them become like him and in turn, like him, inviting others to experience the life of Jesus through them. As we meet and minister to people, we need to understand this model of discipleship, this invitation that has been offered to us uh, through Jesus, that we meet them where we are, we introduce and invite them to Jesus, we share with them the life change that's only possible through Jesus, and we help equip them to help help uh, reproduce in others what they are experiencing themselves. In other words, we invite them to come to Jesus. We are in our convention, Experiencing a drought these days in young men and women who are are sensing God's call into some area of ministry, Uh, almost there is, um, it's hard for me to even number the number of churches who reach out to me looking for pastors and worship pastors and student pastors and every every kind of area of ministry in the church. And it's staggering. It's staggering how many churches are not only without. I spoke this week with a church looking for someone, and they need two staff positions, and they have not even been able to find people to consider, much less have any hope of being near finding that. I think sometimes that we have, while I am as committed uh, as anyone to the importance of, uh, of education and the importance of preparing to lead well, serve well, preach well uh, as we lead in God's uh, church, I think that one thing that, that we run a risk sometimes of doing is to making it so professional that we unintentionally. Mask the fact that a call to ministry is first and foremost a call to a person in the person of Jesus. Yes, that means you need to sit in class. Yes, you need to get prepared. Yes, you need to go to seminary. Yes, you need to do all of those things. But the overarching driving factor for us is a call to Jesus. And I think sometimes in with young people today, uh, and I live and work in a college community every day, and I have this conversation often. It, it becomes so much about the work, uh, the tasks that are involved, the compensation, the struggles, that, that when you talk with people about a, about a call into ministry, uh, it's very seldom that you hear them Uh, talk about a call into a relationship, a call first to the person of Jesus. And because of Jesus, I'm going to devote my life to serving him in and through the church in these ways. I think that it's an important reminder to us that especially here in seminary and at Baptist schools like Carson Newman around our country, that we are charged with an opportunity to help call, to help help uh, nurture the call of these young men and women who, who uh, really um, need to be praying. God, are you calling me into missions and ministry in some way? And how do we, and and that we not reduce it to being less than it is? It is first and foremost a call to Jesus, and it's a call to serve Him in ways. You see, Jesus was calling these fishermen. He knew who they were, we know so much about them, but it was a personal call, a Christ-centered call, a life-changing call, and it was a call to be reproducing, to do in the lives of others what he was going to be doing to them. It's a call like Sandra and me driving down the road in Corinth, Mississippi, that we help people walk with us, so that we can help them see the world as the Jesus that lives within us through his Spirit sees the world. So they can be moved by the people and not just uh, attracted to the things. It is a a very significant invitation. I think throughout Jesus' life and through his ministry that's recorded for us as he gave us invitations I think we see these elements to those invitations and it challenges me to want to, to ensure that as I'm, as I'm trying to reproduce uh, in others what Jesus is producing in me, that I would find these elements of an invitation to be faithfully expressed in my life as, as I pray that they will be in yours, that we say to others repeatedly What's your need? Healing, peace, joy, purpose, calling, salvation, reconciliation, direction, that our first response is come to Jesus. Would you pray with me?